Well, that's a catchy little tune. I hadn't used that intro before. Uh, hi, this is Michael, and it's December 3rd, and we're doing another episode of HR. My co-host, Robin, showed up at the very last second. But, Robin, I'm Woo-hoo. glad you're here. How are you doing today? <laughs> I am good. I, and I texted you, but you probably weren't looking at that. I was, I, I was I saw it. stuck I out a call. Maybe I expected you to come in a little bit late, actually. So, actually, I'm glad you're here. I just I thought maybe your call would, you know, tail over So. Glad, glad you're here. Um, it, how, do, how was Thanksgiving? I know we talked about Thanksgiving beforehand, so let's get that out of the way. How was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, Thanksgiving was uh, was great. Very mellow, uh, very mellow and relaxing four-day weekend. I did a lot, of, a lot of reading, which I love to do. And, um, you know, my saints won in spectacular fashion on Thanksgiving yeah. night. So. <laughs> yeah. Or my, the, I don't know if they're my Falcons because I don't really, you know, I'm not really, I'm bandwagon jumper. They were my Falcons when they made it to the Super Bowl. But it's, <laughs> so blah, blah, blah. I watched the Lions get killed. By it. Anyway. All right. Well, listen, we have a guest. Um, our guest today is Pamela Culpepper from Have Her Back Consultancies. Pamela, welcome to Drive Through HR. How was your Thanksgiving? Thank you, Mike. And Robin, both of you, thank you for having me. My Thanksgiving mm-hmm. was fabulous. Um, I had a wonderful time with the family. Needed the downtime. It's been crazy. Good. Yeah. Good. I traveled for a, a week in front of Thanksgiving, so it was almost like being on a business trip. I was in five different hotels in seven nights, so it was pretty much like a wow. week on the road. And um, it, was, it was a little more fun. I didn't have to do work, but um, it was just a, a lot of running around in the Midwest with some cold weather, mm-hmm. so all good. Okay, Thanksgiving. That's cool. Pamela, um, tell tell folks that that are, are listening to the show um, about yourself and what you're doing these days, if you don't mind to get sure. started. Sure, sure. Um, uh, again, I'm Pamela Culpepper. Uh, I consider myself um, a culture, talent, and uh, HR leader. I am a former chief people officer and CHRO uh, in about five different industries, Um, uh, fintech, um, consumer packaged goods, uh, pharmaceuticals, um, and I probably spent the majority of my career in PepsiCo, where I was both a CHRO as well as a um, former chief global diversity um, an inclusion officer for them. Hmm. So you, I love that that PepsiCo experiences. Sorry, go ahead. I love that PepsiCo part because when I, um, uh, you know, was uh, familiarizing myself with your bio, um, you know, for so long Pepsi uh, PepsiCo has always been like this hotbed of fantastic like. HR professionals always, you know, that that Absolutely. that grew up there and came out of there. It was kind of like, oh my gosh, if somebody somebody was there, man, they were on there on it. So that's great. Little- well, I, I would tell you that that my most cherished position, though, has been uh, being a mom to a twenty-something-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> A, a, a different sort of challenge all all on its own, right? Absolutely. So. <laughs> well, Pamela, you, uh, you, I don't know exactly when you made the transition, um, but you, you're working in the consulting world now, um, and, and mm-hmm. I guess in, in the, with Have Her Back. So before we be, – I have a two-part question. One is 
what is have her back all about? And, and I kind of, that'll lead into the topic of the show, which I think is gender equity. And then I'd, I'd like to get your definition or the firm's definition of what gender equity is to start out. Sure. Sure. So I'll, I'll start with that question. Um, gender equity for us is a combination of two things. One is valuing um, the differences in aspirations and needs um, of women um, that are, again, differently from men, but it's also creating um, an equal access to opportunities, whether it be resources, whether it be um, advancement, whether it be executives in an organization. It's, it's creating an opportunity and a pathway for women to have um, as much of uh, uh, a probability for success as um, its male, male counterparts. Okay. So that's, that's indirectly. Her back. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And how did have her back? Because um, you have a couple of partners, I think at least two, maybe more. How, how did I that do. come into being? Sure. So before have her back was a consultancy, um, two years prior, it was a call to action by my partners, actually, Carolyn and Aaron. Um, for the advertising and brand community to stop losing female creatives uh, yeah. and to stop doing those things that were, you know, really having them exit agencies at an alarming rate. Um, what the female creatives would say was that the environment wasn't conducive to their success. At any moment where they were having a life change, whether it was having kids or being a caregiver or some other opportunity, something would stand in the way of them of their continued success. So during that time, um, you know, they set up um, kind of talk forums around the country, um, and not only were agencies showing up, but other companies were becoming more interested um, and actually started calling looking for help to assess their organizations, find out what, you know, what their gaps and their barriers were. Um, so fast forward, um, I joined the two of them when HHB was, and that's what we call it for short, was determined to be a business, and here we are. Okay. Um, you guys did a survey here as the, as the anniversary, I guess, or the second anniversary of Me Too kind of comes around, and it, mm-hmm. it seems, mm-hmm. I, this seems to come out of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, that's not, not really right, but this issue blew up and really took off a couple of years ago and, and, or this movement is probably a better way to describe it. And um, it hasn't really gone away. In fact, I just saw a case, right. uh, an article that I didn't get to read today, but I saw where 1000 women are going to be paid 10 million, not each, but there's a $10 million um, settlement that for a 1000 person female class action case against a game mm-hmm. manufacturer that, Called, I think it was Riot Games. So, I mean, you know, that's that's yeah. a serious, you know, that's a serious, uh, that's a serious. Ten million dollars is serious money. And no, sure. uh, I also saw just yesterday that the local here in Atlanta, the local transportation, uh, MARTA, is, as it's called, the the local uh, public transportation uh, agency, um, fired their their CFO um, after uh, who was considered to be like a, a rock star CFO for them, I guess. He had brought them mm-hmm. from losing money to profitability, but he had a lot of issues and complaints that going on against him, and they 
they had supported him for a while, but they they let him go yesterday. So I mean, just this week, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's Tuesday, two <laughs> two more cases, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um, you guys found that a lot of employers, I think, um, some of the some of the statistics were is like fifteen, only fifteen percent of women believe the movements had an impact on their workplace yeah. and opportunities in general. Um, another one that I thought was pretty fascinating is that. Um, 55% of respondents said the impact has been more on society and culture than, than but only 28% had any impact on them personally. And then there's, mm-hmm. you know, some indications that a lot of companies are doing some stuff, but not that much. So my, so I guess that the, the first question I would ask out of all that is what are companies doing and what's going on both, I guess, right and wrong. You, you guys have this survey and, work with with your your clients what what's going on out there yeah oh for sure well you mentioned first that you know men and women are are kind of saying things differently and you know i i the, the survey would suggest that both men and women think gender equity both still think it's important and they think that there's more to be done um but i think what 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 what's happening is when when men are looking at an uptick in you know the the, the the sexual harassment prevention training and they're seeing more people get punished and more men get punished for their actions, um, women are still seeing the behaviors that haven't changed. So it's almost a, a wait and see uh, as to whether or not a person will get caught or who's going to have courage first to bring you know that bad behavior to bear, but. But women are still seeing it, so they're not necessarily seeing that much has changed, and that you know they're also seeing themselves not still not be championed by you know those who are in positions of power in organizations. So until there's more walk to the talk, there's not going to be a feeling that much has changed. What I will say though is I, I don't think companies are intentionally doing the wrong things. I I, I think they're slow to examine what they're doing. And to make sure that what they say they're doing lives up to the progress that they'd like to make. Um, I think companies that are moving towards gender-neutral policies, i.e. parental leave versus maternal or paternal leave, um, uh, or companies that are deliberate and thoughtful about where they're placing and supporting the female employees um, so that you know there is a fairer chance that they'll continue to advance in their organizations. I think those are examples of companies headed in the right direction. What I think has often been the, the pitfall, though, is that there's been longstanding traditions of, you know, in quotations, this is how it's always been done, um, which mm-hmm. I think gets in the way of sustainable change. You know, I continuously heard leaders admit that their work environment has always been tough on women, um, but they've not done much, made, you know, much to do about examining why it's so tough and what could be done to change it. Hmm. Hmm. One of the, one of the, um, the sad stories that I, I saw uh, come out um, over the last couple of years as, as, and and these were kind of anecdotal um, examples from numerous articles where there were men who said, well, you know what, um, uh, in order to, you know, uh, I'm just going to change the way then 
that I interact with women at work and we and and yeah. we saw some folks coming out and saying, you know, this just means to me I I should never have a one-on-one meeting mm-hmm. alone with any of my female subordinates or I'm right. I'm just going to, you know, not take that female um, you know, team member of mine to lunch even though I'll do that mm-hmm. with my male team members. And it was it, but it was kind of the same old same old. It was like the pushback mm-hmm. of um not to get on a, too much of a political stump, but, you know, kind of that same pushback of, you know, the world is changing, mm-hmm. and um, some people um, are just going to dig their heels in and, um, you know, oh, poor me, you know, yes. instead of yes. instead of saying this is how I should start acting, oh, poor poor me, how dare they try to change, yes. Yes. change things. So, with change, though being so critical, um, you know what? Why is there a sense of urgency? Why should we have a sense of urgency around working on gender equity and and making it a priority? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. I mean, I think companies are starting to see um, negative business results. Um, I think when they don't pay attention to gender equity, uh, I think. That's when you see an uptick in tone-deaf ads and messaging um, that's put out into the world. I think women are starting to move on from organizations sooner than they did in the past. Um, and I think that makes knowledge capital hard to retain. And, yeah. and, and, and in my opinion, that's, that's the one thing that companies can, um, can compete against each other on. Um, and I think most importantly, people in general, uh, and I would say there might even be more of a generational bend to this, but they're choosing um, more explicitly where they spend their money. Um, and so if you look at the survey respondents, again, over half of our respondents said that they would be less likely to buy products from a company um, that was found not to treat its female employees equally. So I think mm-hmm. that there are there's some negative results that they're starting to experience. Now, there's also still this syndrome of that couldn't happen to me or us. Um, but every time you yeah. see a big company that has had some slip or fall um, in in the, the category of uh, of female equity or or Me Too issues, um, even if it it seems like it doesn't last very long, for that blip of time, it's impactful on their business. And impact, yeah. impactful on their morale, and so I, I think they're starting to see some negative impact. Yeah. What um, you know, it's interesting because there there's certainly you know one of the pitfalls can certainly be financial or damage to a reputation. Um, mm-hmm. What's the interplay between um, you know, and this is uh, this is more for I guess um, you know consumer brands. But what's the interplay between the um, when when a company is not focused on gender equity and they they mm-hmm. have something come out? What's the interplay interplay between the consumer brand and mm-hmm. that employer brand? You know, is mm-hmm. that is, is, to mm-hmm. my sense that's getting tighter. It's getting yeah, they're aligning more. Yeah, oh for sure. Um, or misaligning, or it depends on how you yeah. look at it. I think, I think when um, when a company is espousing um, and espousing to to 
to be pro-women, um, pro-equality, pro-pay equity, if they're espousing that on the outside and, and it's not true on the inside, it's getting exposed yeah. at rates yeah. that it never did before. So the gap has to be tightened um, because social media and every other way that employees are now speaking out on behalf of when a courage of a few, um, you know, gets strong, um, they're exposing their companies for, if, if it's different than what they are espousing to the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. <clears throat> um, we're a little past the, the halfway point. I want to do a quick reset. Um, this is Mike. It's December 3rd, and we've got Robin here, and our guest is Pamela Culpepper from Have Her Back Consulting, and we're talking about gender equity in the workplace and some of the reasons that it, it's a, it's an important issue even even two years into the Me Too movement. Um, Pamela, can you, you may have done this a, a little bit already, but can you give us a little bit more history on how Have Her Back Consulting came to be and kind of what your mission is? Absolutely. Um, have Her Back, um, uh, again, rose out of a call to action for agencies actually to um, become more mindful of the environment they were creating for the women in the organization and more importantly um, uh, addressing the issue of losing female creatives in their businesses who were leaving them to go freelance because they could not find success and could not find support in the agencies themselves. Um, and when Heverback started having conversations with not just agencies but multiple companies um, about, you know, what some of the challenges were, um, not only were they, you know, discussing, um, you know, ongoing issues, so these are things that have been talked about in the past, but they were also starting to uncover some, some needs that, you know, they weren't aware of. And when I say they, the companies weren't aware of that were not being addressed, that they, they, they thought were being addressed by either instituting policies or practices, um, uh, but found that there were traditions that were still undermining um, any of the policy changes or any of the, 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 the uh, what they would want to be systemic changes. To it, it was undermining their ability to do that well. So, you know, they started having conversations. Those conversations started into calls for help. From those companies, um, Heverback was not a company yet, um, but it was determined that it should be. And when that happened, mm. um, myself and my two co-founders um, uh, went forth and asked um, uh, in a public group to back us, and they did. Saw what we were doing and believed that it was the right thing at the right time, and um, here we are. Mm. And and you've been you've been around for. A couple of years or a little bit longer? No. Well, the movement has been around a couple of years. The business has been up and running since August. Okay. So you're you're really brand new. Okay. Cool. You're brand new. Um, Yeah. I have a, I have sort of an, you know, we follow a loose script here. I, I, I have a Mm -hmm. sort of a generic question I want to ask, and then I'll throw the last couple questions to Rob and. We're talking about gender equity, which, you know, in in some way implies that all things should be the same, whether you're male or female, not, you know, necessarily everything has to be rigidly identical. But there are a lot of issues under the 
under that gender equity, there's like wage equity. That's one big thing that companies struggle with. They mm-hmm. have women earning mm-hmm. less than men. Another is how do you, you know, how, you mentioned leave. You know, I, I was thinking about, I guess, like things like lactation rooms and all of this. There's, mm-hmm. like, there's a whole bevy of things that employers have to kind of wrestle with under this. And I guess how do you guys help a client kind of get their hands or arms around that? And where, where do you have mm-hmm. them start? I'm just curious mm-hmm. how that might work with HHB. No, no, good question. Um, um, we, we start, so, so our, our mission is that we help uh, companies and brands really think about um, their um, environment and their, 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 their attitudes, their, their policies, their positioning as it relates to women. And it really isn't about equality as much as it's about equity, and that is that there's a level playing field. And so what I need might not be the same as what you need, but both needs are equally valued and, 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 um, and attuned to. So, 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 so that's really the, the, the premise of our work. And what happens is, you know, we, we first want to look at what you're doing. So there are some companies that are, you know, certainly doing the, the, the standard things. I mean, the standards are having competitive policies as it relates to um, leave, having competitive policies as it relates to the talent acquisition process, you know, succession planning. I mean, they have all of these things in play. Um, the assessment is about how you actually implement those things. So it's one thing to have them. And what we do is we go in and we look at all of those uh, policies, practices, traditions that are related to um, employment. And we look at them not only as standalone policies and practices, but we also look at them against the backdrop of is there any of these that are harming the entire system? In other words, so I, I think about talent acquisition. I mean, you can have um, a very um, well-thought-out talent acquisition process, um, but you are still not getting women through the pipeline. So one question might be, what does culture fit mean when you say that Mm. Um, as a result of someone not getting through the system? What does it actually mean? Um, Is there a consistent way of moving people um, from one part of the interviewing process to the next? And is it consistently applied um, for everybody? In other words, when people don't make it all the way through, there's a consistent reason or reasons consistent set of reasons why they don't. Um, um, And then kind of sticking with that one, when there is um, uh, an instance of of trying to increase your talent pool, um, is the reason we can't find them enough? Is that okay to say that we can't find them? Uh, What's not happening that would allow you to really build out your talent pool? So we assess those things. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, um, the yeah, I, you know, and and kind of flowing off of that too, I would think, you know, then as you dive deeper and deeper into that organization, you, you know, you're also coming into 
the individual biases that a hiring manager, for example, may have uh, that they don't even realize they right. they have, you know. And uh, you know, I think of the the stereotypical uh, thought process that that you know sort of exists in in society that women are going to be the primary caregivers of children or elderly parents or whoever it may be. And so right. then within that organization, you know, there may be a manager who who holds that belief. They may say yeah. they don't, but, but they hold yeah. that belief. And so That's then right. they're, you know, they're, they're unconsciously, um, you know, putting negative points uh, to that candidate, that female candidate who took a year or two off to care for a parent or children or whatever, or conversely, they're putting those negative points on the male who maybe stayed right. out, stayed out to kind of do that non-traditional, mm-hmm. in our mind, caregiver role. So yeah, it's there's there's a lot of work to be done. I think we can. No, all you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right, and you can't have, you know, you can't have unbiased training happening without there being some implication on a process, right? It's one thing to teach people how to do better, but it's another thing to require that they do better and see those things flow through the outcomes. Yeah. So we're down to um, really here the last uh, about five minutes, and I want to I want to give you some time as we wrap up to, to tell folks where to find you, but but um, here's one last question for a couple of uh, takeaways, I think, for our audience. What are, what are some things that HR professionals um, can do to, you know, move this agenda along? What, what are some, yeah. some, some, some things to kickstart discussions about gender equity in the workplace that, that HR folks can do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, the conversation's not new. I think it, it's just been a bit of a stall as to what to do next. And I think yeah. um, one of the things that I've found is that, you know, in in an organization, you have different groups doing a little bit to move a little. So yeah. you've got, you know, HR leaders, you've got DNI leaders, you've got a marketing team, you've got communications, you've got all of these groups doing a little bit. And what I think would help is, is if HR leaders could help bring together those kind of desperate head, hearts, and hands where the mm. HR and diversity and engagement and marketing and communications are all working together, um, there's a likelihood that there will be some change. Um, mm-hmm. I think HHB's premise is that when you bring collective forces together to attack a problem, you, you actually increase the probability of breakthrough. So I'm mm. a serial CHRO. My partner, Aaron led marketing in her last term, and Carolyn is a veteran creative. Together mm-hmm. we look from the inside out on mm-hmm. an organization to help them creatively solve gender equity. So if, so if HR leaders could bring, you know, those, those resources together to really have stake in the ground on movement, I, I think movement can be made. And then the second one, or the last one, is that I, I'd have them examine um, at least one of the talent processes. So we just talked a bit about mm-hmm. talent acquisitions. There are others where I think that if they go deep into the how of that talent process to pull out any of the bugs and barriers that would keep it from being successful or has kept you know women from being successful to getting through, 
um, I think you'll start to see some 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 change there. Hmm. Um, we don't have time to really answer this question, but I was in an interesting conversation the other day, and somebody made a point to me that their feeling was that there's more and more discussion in the workplace about unconscious bias and privilege language being mm-hmm. promoted by, you know, by workers or organizations or whatever, whatever it may be, and that this person felt it was just a way to put another person in the company on the defensive and make it, that mm-hmm. person that is raising those issues not accountable for their mm-hmm. actions and decisions. Yeah. It, it, yeah. That seems to me to be like a root we can't. We can't. Uh, it. That's probably another show. Sorry, we don't have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that's. I a, agree. That's a wrong view, and I, I'm sorry, I can't. I didn't get a chance to ask you that, so you could comment on it. I think it's a wrong view. I think it's. It's a way yeah. of pushing back and not owning the issue. Anyway, um, we have about 60 seconds left right now, Pamela. Can you tell our listeners where you know you're how to contact you if they're interested, or how to find have her back? Absolutely. Well, our website is um, haverback.com, and um, any of myself or my partners can be found by uh, putting in our first name at haverback.com. So Pamela at haverback.com, Carolyn at haverback.com, and Erin at haverback.com. Okay. Do you guys have any social media platforms you want to shout out? We do. Um, uh, Twitter is at haverback. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what the other one is. Facebook or LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, you're, you don't yep. have to give the full. You know, not everybody has the same stuff. So listen, Pamela, it's been great. We're on LinkedIn um, as well. We obviously should have allowed, <laughs> should have, should have allowed a little more time for the show, maybe. But um, we're headed out. So thanks for being on the show, and and I hope you have a great mm-hmm. rest of the week. And same to you, Robin. Thank you. Well, thank great you conversation. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you. Talk to you soon.